Amen. Well, grab all of your Bibles. Amen. We're going to get you out of here early. Amen. So you could go and uh, watch whatever New York football team is going to lose today. Amen. God is good. Amen. Oh, the lovely Sherry's joining us. Won't come up and preach with me like, like we in the living room again. So I can get some amens. Hallelujah. Come on, give it up for my wonderful wife, Sherry. Amen. So I got a word today I believe will bless you. Amen. And challenge your life. Amen. God is good if I could find it. Amen. Hallelujah. My phone said they didn't clap loud enough, Pastor, so I'm going to hide the sermon. God is good. God is good. You know, um, let me start off by saying this. There are many complicated things in life. Maybe not your life. There's a lot of complicated things in life. One of those things for, for my family used to be, we, we've gotten much better. Come on. Hallelujah. Uh, we've improved. You're saying yes, you don't know what it is yet, but we have improved. And uh, this thing is, whenever we would travel, it was complicated. Is anybody else family, whenever you got to travel, is complicated? Sherry's just us. It's just us. But what is complicated about us is when we uh, got a pack. <laughs> I hear a brother saying that, so I already know where this might go. So, so, so you know, for me, over the years, as a, uh, somebody who has traveled, um, you know, I kind of just see I'm going one day or two days to an event or something, and I just would grab what I need. I've learned to do that over time. Um, but whenever I've got to go out with the family, it's not, it, it, it's like what was simple for me becomes super complicated. Because I travel with this wonderful woman by the name of Sherry Ann Ishmael. And so while I can grab, like we know we're going away for three days, I can grab three outfits real quick, stuff it in a bag, and I'm ready to go. Not Sister Sherry. Sister Sherry has every shoe possibly ever made. Which shoe should I wear to how many outfits do I need to bring? It's three days, but for some reason she's packing like it's a month. You see, it's quiet in here because the ladies are on Sister Sherry's side, and I ain't going to get no help. Sister Sherry then goes on to say, what, where, where are we staying? And I would tell her, you know, I booked a nice place. They already have uh, blankets and sheets and all of that. In it. But no, sister, no, I can't. I don't know who slept there. So now I got comforters and blankets coming in once. Is this only me? Uh, and then, you know, Sister Sherry, you know, there's towels already there. No, no, no. I don't know who dried their skin with that. I got to get my own towels. Am I, am I telling the truth? And then before long, it's tons of hair products. It's just three days and... And then there's tons of this and tons of that and stuff. And by time, and then there's books. There's books. There's Notice I didn't say a book. We're going for three days, but Sister Sherry has about six books. And I looked at Sister Sherry, and I, I'm thinking to myself, it's been three years. You haven't read these six books, but in three days, you're going to. Why are we packing six books? When Savannah, you gotten better. Come on, give it up for Savannah. Savannah's evolved into me. 
But when you were young, Savannah had to bring her stuffed animals. Y'all remember that? Those of you who grew up knowing Savannah, she had a bag for stuffed animals, a bag for this, a bag for that. So by the time I got, you know, going to the airport was, oh, man, I was click, clack, 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 and there's so many bags walking up to the, and you know they make you pay for every bag you got. So traveling was depressing for me. And you had to pay for every bag you got in. And somebody could easily say, Pastor Rich, why don't y'all just put the bags down, right? Why don't you just take only what you need for the journey that will benefit you on the journey? Why are you carrying all this extra weight and then you got to pay for it and it will probably be of no use to you. It's actually making the journey less enjoyable. Why don't you just let it go? There's a ring in this mic that you got to fix for me or turn off these mics up here, all right? Um, they, they, why don't you just let it go? Why don't you just put it down? And I want to say what is true for me in traveling is the, tr is the truth for a lot of us in this room. My question to, to many of you today would be, when it comes to the weight of life that is pulling you down, why don't you just put it down? But what are you talking about? This morning when you left the house, some of you picked up the duffel bag of depression. And just like me at the airport, it's costing you. It's making the journey less exciting. Somebody picked up the toxic suitcase of bitterness. Big mad. I'm going, and they're going to know I'm mad when I walk into church because they're going to see my face. I've put on the mad face. Caribbean people just suck their teeth. Walk, walk into the church. <laughs> Somebody's picked up the carry-on of loneliness. Somebody's got a backpack filled with I can't. Somebody's got a little purse filled with closed doors. And it's easy to look at somebody and tell them, don't you just put the bag down of anxiety. But it ain't easy. And just like what it happens to me when I travel, it begins to cost you to carry those bags in life. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house today. And the truth is those bags are not literal bags. They're really thoughts that are in your mind. That are constantly playing in your mind. There's people that are worried all day. Wake up worry. Go to sleep worry. Worry about people that are depressed. People, don't, people are carrying low self-esteem. People have got to take a million selfies to make sure they still look all right. Because the truth is you don't think you look good. So you got to constantly filter it. I'll leave it alone. And you're carrying these thoughts. And these thoughts are constantly... Uh, 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 spilling out what you don't know is that they begin to spill out through your mouth and and we can kind of tell what's in the bag by the way you start to speak oh yeah we hear the bitterness you might not think it comes out you disguise it in a nice duffel bag you got it you got you got the bitterness in gucci 
with the way you speak about it, but we hear it. We hear it when you, when you link up with bitter people and you start to talk about other people's success and the reason why they're successful and you're not. And the excuse is a Gucci bag, but behind the excuse is bitterness and anger and failure and fear to try and would God ever help me or and you dress it up nice but the more you speak and the more you talk is the more you can tell what's in somebody's bag uh, when I was younger I talked a lot still do pray for me my wife look at me every time you just would not shut up and get in the car but the truth is, as I'm getting older, I've learned to let people talk. You listen long enough, you'll hear exactly where a person is. Come on, talk to me in this place. And it spills out your mouth and you can hear. You can almost tell if a person will ever win if you can see their thoughts. You can tell if a person will ever overcome or do anything great in their life just by the way they speak. As they begin to formulate and talk around you, you can tell how far people are going to go by who they speak with and what the conversation is all about. Uh, gossiping is sweet, but gossiping will keep you down. Gossiping will twist your mind up about people who probably are meant to hurt. I'm going ahead of myself today. Y'all ain't hearing nothing. And the way you speak, you can almost tell this person is not going to go further because they're, you can tell where a person is stuck. You can tell who hurt a person. You can tell where a person, he's still 15. He's 26, but he's still 15. Oh, she's, she's 29, but she's still 8. Come on, talk to me in this place. Oh, they still, in the, they still at such and such house. No, they in Florida at the beach. No, but they're still at such and such house where it took place. You can tell. There was a man by the name of Yogi Berra. He was a catcher for the New York Yankees. Any Yankee fans in the house? That's like the quietest Yankee fan I've ever met, she said. Mets fans in the house? Yeah! Let's get it! <laughs> so clearly there are no baseball fans in the house. There's one Yankee and one Met fan. Hallelujah. But uh, Yogi Berra was a catcher for the New York Yankees, and the job of the catcher is to catch the ball. That's why they call it. <laughs> See, you guys are much smarter than you give yourself credit for. And so... Uh, uh, the job of the catcher is to catch the ball, but there's also another unspoken uh, job of a catcher that is, you know, it's not part of the rule book, but you kind of know. The catcher is there while he's catching the ball. His job is to try to distract the batter. So he would say things, you know, the catcher would have to say things. I I'd be a great catcher. Because no, this guy is not going to hit the ball if I'm there. You know, I'll talk about his mama. I'll, talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him everything possible to make sure he loses. Because when the Bible says the devil come to steal, kill, to destroy, you looked at me crazy like why would a pastor talk about somebody's mama? But you think the devil is playing with you and he wants you to lose? The devil loves when your thoughts are not God's thoughts. 
Y'all hearing me in this place? And so Yogi Berra was the catcher, and he would, you know, and Hank Aaron came up to bat one day. And Yogi starts rambling off about all, you know, picking on him, trying to distract him to get him to not hit the ball. So he turned and he said, Hank, I think you got the bat the wrong way. The writing is backwards. You, you need to turn that bat around or else you're going to. And all that he's saying, Hank, is quiet and just watching. Second pitch that came down, Hank smacks the ball over center field, over the fence, hits a home run, runs around every plate. Comes back, walks into the dugout and turns around and says to Yogi Berra, I didn't come here to read. Because Yogi kept telling him the bat, the writing is on the wrong side. You see, if you're not focused on why you are here, you can let the wrong voice in. And then when the voice comes in here, it becomes your vocabulary. And when you speak, you can be speaking the vocabulary of a victim. Or you can have a victor's vocabulary. Today, I want to talk to you for the next six hours. Because you've been speaking wrong all your life. So it's going to take me more than six. Uh, from the topic of victor's vocabulary. Let's pray today. God, I bless your name in this place, and I thank you for your word. It is blessed. There's nothing I can add or subtract to it. It does what you set forth for it to accomplish. And I just ask today that people would begin to see the importance of the way we speak and how it could change our whole destiny by the words we choose to say. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say Amen. Amen. Changing the way we speak. It's not that when you speak literally, um, what happens is this, is that when you speak, what begins to happen is you begin to realize what is in my heart. And if you can catch what you think about yourself, then you can begin to change what's wrong. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not working on anybody else's life. I'm working on mine. Watch this. It is very important for you to change the way you speak. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 3, it says, He that keepeth his mouth, amen, those who guard their lips... Look at this. Look, look, isn't that amazing? Preserve there so you can keep your life in a good place if you watch your mouth. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Changing the way you speak. Look at this. Point number two that I want to tell you today. Listen. No one knows who you are in this world until you speak. When you walk into a room and nobody knows who you are for the first time, they might look at you and say, oh, he's tall, he's short, he's overweight, he's not, he's whatever. And they, they, but they don't know who you are 
until you open. That's why it's better to walk in the room and stay quiet long. Keep them in suspense. Especially if you know you're a dummy. Keep them, you know, let them think you wise for a little long. But the minute you open your mouth, people know who you are. Look at what Matthew 15, 11 says. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that comes out of your mouth. You might look athletic. You might look smart. You know, people back in the days used to say, they look smart because you, you wore glasses and you, you, your clothes were tight. They said, he looks like a genius. Found out that some of those guys not geniuses at all and then you judge another man because you know he's swagging he, he, he look good but he, he probably ain't got no brain and that's not the truth when people begin to speak you can tell if they're intelligent you can tell what they know I remember years ago one time I was invited to American Bible Society in a, whatever floor that was in Manhattan and I was the rapper boy and I walked up there and and they told me to say something because they're trying to introduce a bunch of people who have no idea how to reach urban communities. And so they thought, you know, bring the, bring the rapper boy and, and let's kind of relate to him. And when I begun to speak, they were shocked that I was able to uh, articulate the way I was. And I, at one point I was making a point about something and it forced me to quote the Constitution. And I like, I rattled off the first, you know, the, 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 the Constitution to them. They were sitting there like, how in the world does this boy know the document by mem memory and I was sitting there and I, I, I left but that's kind of been the case for, for me most of my life and I left there and I said that's the thing about it you can't judge people by what they look like but people will know who you are when you speak when you speak I don't want to I want to know what you got to say Hallelujah. And when people show you who they are by the words they say, you now have a choice whether I want to stay in fellowship with such words. When somebody comes around you and they begin to gossip, it is what comes out your mouth that defiles you. Look at this. Look at this. In this it, it, the Bible says in Matthew 12, 37, the words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Look at this. The words you speak uh, will acquitted uh, by your words or condemned. Meaning this, that you are judged, acquit and condemned are words that are used in a judicial sense. You are judged by the words you speak. And so if you, if you want to change who you are in this life, you've got to learn to communicate right. Learn to be honest. Learn to speak truth. Learn to say what you feel without offending. Learn how to speak in love. Most of the problems that occur in this world, the number one reason is communication. Y'all hearing me in this place? Look at this. Point number three. Words. Why is it important to know how to speak? Because words create worlds. We know. For example, I can say some words in this house and it'll immediately do something to your mind. Let's try it. Money. So it hit hit a couple people. Let's keep going. Let's 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 go. Let's let, let let's see some other words. Um, politicians. Wow. <laughs> uh, 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 privilege. I could put another word with that. I didn't even say it. 
I didn't even say it. You see how we all triggered? Joe Biden. And I'm not telling nobody to react. I'm just showing you what words do. CNN, Fox News, Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson. And I'm picking these on purpose because we've been forced to sit home for the last two years and be indoctrinated by all these guys. And divide. You can divide people with words. And words create worlds. And so the way you, we know God created the whole world by his words. As he spoke, the world was formed. And what is true for God is true for you. What you speak can either bring depression in your life. As you speak, what are you saying? It's creating a world. If all day long you walk around, nothing will ever change in my life. Guess what? You're right. If that's what you keep saying over and over, if you keep saying, I will never ever get out this house and I'll always be a renter, guess what? You better be ready on the 1st and the 15th. If all you say is, my relationships are always going to be bad and nobody, I'll never find a man. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. If you say my business will never take off, what you say is what you will have. Your words create a world. If you say my marriage will never improve, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It won't. You have to begin to speak what you want to see happen in your life. It's not magic. It's the word. It's creating worlds. Is it creating literal worlds? No, it's creating a world in your mind. If you want, let me tell you something. A lot of people are waiting for the outside to change so that the inside could change. It's never going to happen that way. It has to change here. Because let me let you know that outside could change and in here could still be miserable. And when you speak, your word creates a world. When you speak over your children. When you speak over your future. That's why people look at it. Uh, you know, let me tell you something. My kids, I don't care what nobody says, they're blessed. I don't care what nobody says about my marriage. We got the best marriage. I don't care what nobody says. I, 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 I speak what I want in my mind because I know, I know the enemy would love nothing more than to have me regurgitate the vocabulary of a victim. Ain't nobody could stop me in this world. Tell me saying nothing to me. Uh, listen, if God says something is for me, which devil in hell is going to stop it from happening? And you've got to watch what you say because your words create the world you live in. The Bible says this. Here's one that we all know in the book of Proverbs 18.21. The tongue can bring death or life and those who love to talk will reap the consequence. Here's another version of it. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruits. Life. What are you saying? What are you saying? Let's go on. Let's go on. We see the world. Listen to this point. We see the world as we are, not as it is. 
And that's important to understand. Everybody been around me, you've heard my story when I went to B&H. My first time wanting to shoot a music video, man, I was like, man, I'm going I'm going to be Spielberg. And so I said, I'm going to run up to B&H and get me a camera cuz anybody knows if you want a camera, you go to Y'all heard the commercial. Come on. B&H send me a check. You run to B&H and when I got to B&H, I bought a camera. I said, the guy said, this is the camera you want. It was a Canon 7D at the time. That was the camera. They said, this is the camera you want. You're going to be the man on the block with this. So I came home, and I saw, I looked on the internet. I looked at everybody who had this camera, and it looked amazing. I said, oh, I'm there now. Yeah. Come on, somebody. You, nobody rejoicing for my success. But I, 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 I felt like I was in there now. I brought the camera home, and I started shooting stuff, and my stuff was looking like a flip phone. I said, why my stuff don't look good like everybody else who's doing it? So I felt like they got me. Because how many of you know New York salesmen will get get you? Like they will get you in your face. And when you come back, they'll tell you as nice as they were the day before. Today, they'd be like, there's a no return policy, sir. Sir, the policy is the policy. And you sitting there tight. So I, you know me. I said, I got to go back to being there. I got I want my where the salesman at. I said, hey, bro, this camera, look at my footage. This not right. The devil is a liar. He said, oh, I forgot to tell you. You need lens. Everything inside of me was cussing him out. It didn't come out, though. I was mad. Come on, somebody. I was mad. And uh, uh, as, he, as he said, uh, you need lens. And he did something. Every time he brought a lens and he attached it on, the perspective changed. He said, this light here allows in more light. So the first one was on and the place looked dark. I said, I can't shoot nothing with that. And then he said, check this one out. And the place just, the screen lit up. I said, that right? Then I said, but, but it's too close up. All I can see is the person's face. He said, oh, you want to capture the whole room? I got another lens. Pulled one out. It's called a wide-angle lens. And he dropped it down to about 11 millimeters. And the lens was standing here, but you could capture the whole space. And I said, wow. And every lens gave a different perspective. And I want you to know in your life, it is the same. You don't see the world as it truly is. You see the world as you are. What does that mean? You have a lot of lens on you. You have the lens of mom and dad, whatever they did to you or didn't do. You have the lens of what people, what relationships you, listen, there are grown people who would be walking around acting like we're mature, that's why we're angry. No, you still at five years old. Somebody told you something in the playground you never got over. You ain't going to say nothing to me in this place. Somebody said something. To, let me tell you, let me tell you this. People who's always going to be wanting to come up to you in life and putting a lens on you. 
That's what life is all. Everybody's got a perspective. And sometimes I, I honestly sit there and I say, who told this guy I wanted his advice? You, the minute you meet people, they start shaping the way you think. They always want you to see it through their perspective. People, when they converse with you, if they don't like what you're saying, their immediate goal in that conversation is to try to change you to see it through them. Nobody ever stops to say, why is this guy so positive? How is he viewing this different? It's no, 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 they got a bad lens. Leave people alone. And so every lens that you put on, you see the world as you are. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but it's a constant transforming and renewing of you because you're always going to have a bad view of the world if this is bad. Y'all in here. And you know, the funny thing is we will hear this type of message and say, that's true, pastor, and walk out of here and say, but I'm not letting go of my lens. I'm still not going to talk to people I'm mad at. They're going to know I'm still going to have excuses for why my life can't change. I'm still going to be bitter. And I, I'm telling you, you say, Pastor, you know that because I was like that. It's a work in constant progress. Let me tell you the beauty of what's going to happen here this weekend. Y'all heard me and Minister Marcus' testimony that the guy who's running the Kingdom Choice was for years. We were both like that. He going to feel my wrath. And he's over there. He going to feel my wrath. And none of us ain't got a wrath. You got to let go of things and people will hear these messages and they will know they have a lens, lens of abuse, lens of victimhood, lens of what the media put on your mind, lens of the divisiveness and we want to hold on to them and the Bible comes along and says smash every lens, be transformed by one lens only, the word of God and if you don't view it through the lens of the Bible, you're viewing it wrong. Not only do you see the world as you are, you speak into the world as you are. Y'all hearing this? Look, in the book of Corinthians, look at what it says here. Paul is quoting the book of Psalms. And he's quoting a messianic uh, scripture here, right, in context. But he says something that when it hit me, it hit me like lightning, right? Uh, uh, it, it, you're, in, you're in 1 Corinthians. I need 2 Corinthians 4.13. But that's a good one, too. Speaking about speaking, when we slander. All right, good. Look at what it says. It is written, I believe, therefore I have. Now he's talking in context here about the gospel. Shame because I believe and so I speak what I believe. But there's a point here that we shouldn't overlook. You will speak what you, you will speak what you are. This is why generations after generations, you see kids bitter and bitter and bitter. You see the same thing going on. And some of us want to get mysterious and talk about, it's a generational curse, bring the demon out. Now, there might be a demon. Now, don't get me wrong, but it might not be a demon. The curse might be what's in your mind for centuries and you passing it on to the children. So what good is it to pray for the child at the altar if they're going to come back in the house and what you believe 
is what you're going to speak right back into them. See, when God brings you out of something, you got to help God. Well, can you ever help God? No, you can't. God don't need nobody help. But this is what I mean by that statement. Help God in the sense of when he brings you out, don't go back in. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, when, when practicing in a relationship, if me and my sister got a big fight and this for years it's going on and I, I, we come to some place where forgiveness is, is there, when you leave that, immediately thoughts of what happened comes back in your mind and you start to, I should have never made it, but I should have never fixed that. And you, but if you go back in that thought, then you're going to have an attitude when you come back and the, the resolution will never happen. When you come out, stay out. Tell the voices. If God is for me, who could be against me? If God has brought me out, don't bring me. That's why the Bible says when the farmer sows, the birds came and stole the, the seed that was there. The enemy would love nothing more than you to keep talking the vocabulary of a victim. But God wants you to speak different. That's why Paul says, I believe and then I speak what is it that you believe do you believe God can bring you out or not because you can't believe he can't and can it don't go together do you believe that your ladder will be greater do you believe that you the head and not the tail do you believe that if God be for me who can be against me do you believe that if God has blessed the neighbor he can bless you do you believe that come on somebody who am I talking to in this place I ain't come to preach to everybody, but I feel like preaching right here. I just need two or three people to help me out here today. Let me tell you something. What is it that you believe? Do you believe you're going to stay in that situation forever? Or God is able to turn it around and he's going to change the way you think. And he's going to change the way you... Do you want to remain the same? If you want to remain the same, then I can't help you. But if you want to change, what you believe will bring... Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. And you can tell what a person believes by what they speak. You know, from the minute I met Bam, you weren't even part of my sermon, but I'm looking over at you here. From the minute I met Bam, Bam been telling me about a movie. The script didn't change a million times. The plot twists seven times. The, 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 the investors change many times. The, but there's never one time after Sunday, Bam ain't got some movie or film idea. You know what that tells me? I'm going to live to see one day I believe that you're going to do. Because you are speaking what you believe. And that's the type of people I want to be around. People who won't always say, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. I want, if my life is going to change, I got to be around people who are speaking something good that they believe if you believe that God is love and you should love your neighbors as you love yourself let it manifest in the way you treat people nobody ain't gonna say nothing I'm gonna walk right up y'all hear me Facebook what up y'all hear me you see my eye I'm talking to somebody in this house we as Christians talk a good game but we hold on to all of the lens and you can tell what lens are on when people speak. You will speak into the world as you are. Look at this. I'm coming to a close. My last point. Our words will define if you got the vocabulary of a victim or a victor. I want to take a second.
I just want to go down some things in the Bible. In the beginning, you see something about God that he speaks different. When all creation fell and men were in trouble, and Adam was talking about, I'm naked and ashamed. And the woman you gave me, and the woman was talking about the serpent you gave me, and the serpent was just serpenting. <laughs> Everybody's talk was devastating. But God said, the seed of the woman. God does not talk like you talk. And the men and women of God who are champions do not talk like the world talk. They talk like their God talks. Y'all hearing me? In the book, uh, in the Bible, right after that, by the time you get to chapter 6 of Noah, Noah's life, the Bible says that the entire world was evil and Everything that men did was evil in God's sight. But one man was speaking different. And the Bible says he was preaching righteousness. So while the world was preaching devastation and doom and gloom and just live this is all there is. There was a man speaking different. He was laughed at. He was ridiculed. But he was saved. He was a champion because of how he spoke. The Bible says Noah found favor in God's eyes. Then when the story goes on and Noah passes and time passes, you get people like Joseph on the scene who was beaten and, and, and punished and, and had all right to be bitter and all had all right to hate the political system because it oppressed him. It put him in prison for a crime he didn't commit. He had all right to be mad at his brothers because they were bitter against him and they used him wrongly and he had all right to hate friends that he made in jail because they got out and they forgot about him. He had all right to wear every lens. But then you get a glimpse in to Joseph's vocabulary in about chapter 50 of the book of Genesis when the brothers started talking to him he said my brothers you got to understand my perspective what you meant for evil all the time I was seeing God's hands God was I'm telling you when you got the vocabulary of a victor nothing will ever I'm gonna go on a little bit more can I go Joseph said what you meant for evil God meant for good so that it would be the saving of many. In other words, you brothers wouldn't even get grain today had you not beat me. What a perspective. You have to hurt me so that I can actually save the hurt. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And Joseph went on. And then after Joseph passed on, I can tell you more people came on the scene. Men like Moses, hallelujah, who, who went up to Pharaoh and, and tell him, let God's people go while everybody else was in slavery. Moses was the one talking when he brought the actual people who were delivered out, hallelujah. And they looked and they were troubled because they were now against the Red Sea. He's the one who said, when there is no way it's an opportunity for you to stand still and the people of God talk 
different. I could go on and on. I could show you, hallelujah, that when Ruth, hallelujah, had a mother-in-law and all was uh, hopeless and, and her husband died and her, the land was died, she could have gone back into her foreign life and foreign gods, but she stood up and she said, no, no, no. I'm not going to say like the others because devastation hit that I don't want to know this God. She said, I'm going to be tied to you wherever you go. I will go and whoever your God is, is going to be my God and whoever your people is, is going to people who this is Jesus's great 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 grandmother this is this is a non woman from the Israel that became part of the lineage you can change your lineage from the way that you speak she could have said my husband dead this widow ain't got nothing for me she said no 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 there's something about this woman and this woman's people wherever you go I'm, I'm talking to you in this place the vocabulary of champions I could go on, I could tell you David. Ah, David, which story you want me to pull out of his life? Which one do you want me to pull out? I'll pull out the most famous one. When he went to carry goat cheese. I don't know if it was goat cheese. Cheese or whatever else. And he walked down and he saw the whole nation cowering to a voice of a man. Sounds like America. The whole nation cowering. Sounds like the world. The whole nation cowering to a, a, a thing that is entitled crown. I'm not telling you not to be safe. But it ain't bigger than God. And the whole nation was cowering to this giant who said send out a warrior and David pulls up and says what is this why y'all scared and while they're scared calling him troublemaker this is what he's saying who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the who do you in, 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 in Queens New York is yo yo who you think you are B? I snuff you right now do y'all follow that and then when he got down there, they said, the man who kills the giant will get all, he'll get to marry the king's daughter and he will never pay taxes again. I ain't worried about the king's daughter. But you see that part about taxes? That's motivation for a believer. And he said, he said, all right. And, and the brother said, why have you come down here to make trouble? The Bible says this. Go read it. That he turned from them and asked somebody else, what did the king say? Because the brothers were saying, don't worry about the reward. Look at what you, a troublemaker, go away. He said, you see, you don't understand. When you speak as a champion, you lift trophies in the end. If you want to be a failure, keep talking the way you talk, but don't be mad when somebody else start winning in life. He said, what's going on? They said, you're going to have that? and this is going to happen he said I'm going to fight him the king said wear my armor wanted a little he said no 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 and then when he got to the battle he got there with some stones and a slingshot some homemade gun he had a second amendment in Israel clearly I'm watching too much politics pray for me and he, he got up there and the giant said this is embarrassing. Y'all bring this boy to me. But look how champion speaks. As he's talking. He don't notice that the champion is so focused. 
keep talking. I didn't come here to read Yogi Berra. I didn't. I came here to put one right in your. See, God, people don't know this type of talk. Y'all talk too weak. He said, I come to put. And the man was talking. I'm going to cut you up and feed you to the dogs. He said, you came to fight me with your sword and shield. But I came to fight in the name of the Lord. Champions talk different. I could go on. I could tell you that when they were exiled in Babylon and they said when you hear the sound of the music every man in every province all over the world is to bow down to the image that was created and then somebody came one day and said king there are three Hebrew boys that just ain't bowing and they brought them in and the king said I'm going I'm to throw you in a furnace heated up seven times hotter what do you have to say shouldn't you give up now you're in the face of dying they looked death in the face and said this oh my gosh they said king listen to me our God is more than able to deliver us that's beautiful that's where a lot of our Christianity stops and a lot of people walk away from God uh, I was talking to somebody the other night they said I said are you wavering in your faith they said no I've seen too much to waver in my faith I walked away sad you said why because I already know that if your your walk with God is just determined on what he has done you ain't there yet I want you to get where the Hebrew boys got. They said he's able. He's able. There's no question of his ability. God is able. God is able. But just in case his choice is that I'm going to have to go through this. I'm never going to question his ability. I'm never going to question his character. If he chooses to let me go through the fire. Hear this king. I still won't bow that's how you see God in the fire if you ain't willing to talk like that if you're not willing to go in the fire if you're not willing to go through something if you're not willing to walk if you're not willing to humble yourself apologize speak different change who you are you will never see God in the fire everybody want to stop it he's able but if God never did another thing which fortunately he always is doing I won't bow. Do you see the vocabulary of a champion? How dare you say my life is over because of what happened to you? Oh my God, I'm going to go on. They in exile. God got Esther as queen and Esther fronting. Yeah, I mean, we all preach about Esther's great. Esther got a whole movie from TBN. Mordecai ain't get nothing. But the real G in this story is Mordecai. We talking about Pastor Rich? She was fronting at first. She wouldn't say nothing. They were going to eliminate all her people. And she wouldn't say nothing. Mordecai said, you better speak. Because God brought you to the kingdom for such a time as you better speak. You better speak. And then he told her this. Know this. That if you don't speak, God is able to raise up deliverance. That's how champions speak, y'all. 
They in exile. I could tell you about many people. I'll jump straight to the New Testament. Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was never impressed with anything in society. Paul would talk that talk. Paul would just say, what shall separate me from the love of God? I was shipwrecked. I was beaten uh, several times. This one left me. This one abandoned me. But in all these things, y'all hear what I'm saying? Paul talked different. Paul said, forgetting those things that are, forgetting those things, for, 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 forgetting those, for, for, forgetting those things that are, be, y'all you hear what I'm saying? For, he, for, he said, I ain't, I'm not living. He was, y'all, 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 if y'all would help me in this church, we'd have so much. Let me tell you something. He, he was saying, yesterday's blessings is not, the, y'all know what I'm talking about in that section. You, you understand what I'm saying? He said, it, no, no, no. He said, there's only one thing I'm doing. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. Not for a house or a car, but I'm going to know this Jesus. Where, where, where you want me to go in Apostle Paul's life? When he was in prison? When he was dying? He said, just send, send for my parchments and my, 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 my coat. I'm cold and I want my paper. And my pen, I want to write because he's talking, he's revealing, he's moving in my life. And that's how Paul talked. And I could go on and on. Champions. But then there's one who sticks out as the goat. Who was the lamb. And from the time he was born, the nation was out to kill him. And babies two and under were killed. I don't think that sinks in. Before there was genocide, there was genocide. Before there was a holocaust, there was a holocaust. Before there was oppression, there was oppression. And the Bible says that they killed every baby in the land to and under because they were looking for Jesus. I wonder as a teenager if somebody told me that happened because of my birth, what that would do to me. I'd probably become so suicidal. Not Jesus. At 12 years old, he was in the temple school in the scholars and by the time 30 when he made his public appearance everybody was against him the leaders of the synagogue the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated him every corner they tried to humiliate him behind closed doors they met and plotted and schemed on him they hated every victory he would win they tried to kill him at every corner they went to extents to publicly humiliate him at the cost of other people they found a woman one time who was caught in the act of adultery I don't know that you commit adultery alone but it was only her that was brought and at the embarrassment of somebody else they wanted to shame Jesus imagine people shaming other people to get to you how does that make you feel maybe I should chill because people are getting hurt from what I'm doing but not Jesus 
Pharisees looked at him and they tried to discredit and tried to do so many things to hurt him. At one time they looked at him and said, who's your father? We know our father. That was a direct hit to, according to the stories, we don't know who your father is. They were telling Jesus you a child who was conceived wildly. He said things like what good could come out of Nazareth. And they laughed. And then they finally had their day with him. And you saw what was really in their heart. They mocked him. And they beat him. They dragged him into a mock trial. A, 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 a farce of a trial. And they begun to accuse him. You said you're going to bring the temple down and build it up in three days. You said that you're equal to God. You are blasphemous. And they spit and they smacked and they hit and they ripped his clothes. And they begun to humiliate him to the point of where oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And then they brought him before the leaders of the land. And the leaders of the land took Jesus and said, we find him innocent, but still Imagine being found innocent in all charges, but you're still going to pay the price. And they said, take him to yourselves and do whatever you want with him. They ripped his clothes off. They started embarrassing him. Give him purple. They took the purple off, gambled over it. They put a crown of thorns in his head. The soldier said, you call yourself a king? Here's a crown for a king. Gave him a crown of thorns. They whipped him with lashes, ripped his back open. He was bleeding as he went to the cross. He couldn't even carry it. He was so weak. He fell that they had to ask somebody else to help Help him take the cross. He went up on the cross and you think by the time they would leave him alone. But on the cross, Satan had no end. On the cross, he's hearing right next to him. If you really God, why don't you save yourself and save us? And the Bible says he started hurling insults. They don't tell you what he's saying. And at this point... Jesus should have quit. And the only word you hear him say at the end of all of this. that was the trophy death is defeated the sins of mankind has been lifted everything that happened in Genesis has the hope of mankind has now entered the world he never once quit he said it is finished and the Bible says there's coming a day that God wants to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't know what you came to church for, but this is a place that redirects you to God. 
You are more than what you do. You are more than what you chase. You were bought with a price by the ultimate victor. If you chase the wrong championships, there's no help available. But if you chase what God has put you here to chase, nothing will stop you. And when you begin to agree with how God talks, you will see a difference in your own life. I don't know about you, but when my final days come, if God affords me the opportunity to reflect, if that's the way I go, I want to be able to say like the greatest champion, it is finished. There was another man who said something similar. He said, I ran the race. I kept the faith. And now, it lays up for me a crown. I want my crown. And so, I have the vocabulary of a victor. I ain't no victim. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. And you are not one either. In Christ, you are victorious. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? Whatever you're going through today, say something over it. Say something over it today. Talk over it like God would. Now when you say that people get to talking about their dreams and their money, move out that area. Unless that's really what's messing you up. I want you to look at the areas that's really crazy. Like the unresolved issues. Like the bitterness. Like what's toxic in your mind. Like what you can't let go of and begin to speak to it like speak to laziness if it's present in you speak to depression look at your past in the face and tell it you ain't bigger than my future I want you to tell those areas tell your anxiety you ain't bigger than God you ain't bigger than God tell your mind I don't have to worry I'm good it takes a long time to pick up the bags so it's going to take a while to probably put them down. But it starts from the way you speak. Because as you speak, you will hear what you believe. And when you catch what you believe, if it ain't right, correct it. And don't let it leave your mouth. Redirect the thought. I am more than a conqueror. I am all... Oh, come on, somebody. This situation is not going to kill you. You will not die, but you will live. You will not die, but you will live. You will go past where you are now. God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up the people here in this building. If you need something done in your life, I want you to stand to your feet and I'll come in agreement with whatever you believe in God. God, I pray over the people that are in this room. 
I don't know what they're personally going through, but I know who they could go to, and that's you. Whatever you're going through today, lift it up before him. Whether it be in thought or you, you vocalize it, just tell God. God, as they, as the many prayers go up to you, you're the ultimate winner. You never quit. You never stop. You never sleep. You never slumber. I know, God, that you hear the prayers of your people. And in faith, we come before you and we ask you to move on every circumstance. Whatever they are believing you for today, we commit to you, O oh God. You are more than able. You're more than able, O oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would lift strongholds, that you would break strongholds, that your people would walk free in their mind, lift toxic thinking, lift depression, lift suicide, lift anxiety, have your way in the name of Jesus. Whatever circumstances are fighting your people, may they know that if you be for them, who can be against them? Have your way in this house. If you're in this place or you're watching online and you have never asked Jesus into your heart, we want to give you an opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. That is the beginning of all victories in your life. Matter of fact, if you ask me, that's the greatest victory. None will ever be compared to that. Hallelujah. Ask him to come into your heart today. Would you pray with me in the building and online? Say, Father God, come on, say, Father God, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of every sin I confess that I am a sinner but you died for my sins and you rose from the dead father from today I'm your child God touch my heart and cause me to be drawn closer to you in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a round of applause. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Those that are in the building, if you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time and you want to follow him, those online watching, if you gave your heart to Jesus, there's a book we want to get to you. There's a book that we would like to give you in the building. Those online, go to our website, churchcityusa.com, and just click on the tab that says, I've accepted Jesus. Someone will get in touch with you, will mail the book to you, and there's a special virtual class that will be set up to meet you. So whether you're watching from uh, out of state or wherever you're watching from in the world don't worry about it we got you covered we want you to know Jesus and if you're in the building likewise uh, please let us know that you gave your heart to the Lord before you leave this building and someone will be in touch with you amen and guide you through that process were you blessed today God is good God is good well uh, just real quick I'm going to close this off so Sherry you want to join me up here hallelujah come on give it up for Sherry y'all Come on, let's pray for her packing skills, Lord. 
Let Sherry leave what she don't. Amen. Yesterday she told me, she said, yesterday I was playing back one of the sermons and it was at a part when I said, hey, Sherry. And she turned and I, I fast forwarded quick. She said, I want to hear what you said about me. Am I doing you justice or? No, that's true. The Lord is working on me. Hallelujah. But uh, we thank you all for just being here. And um, we just, this, Sister Sherry is running a wonderful class for, for new believers and that type of stuff. So if you've just uh, started coming to our church and you want to know what your next steps are, make sure you get in touch with, with her, um, whether through email or if you happen to run into her, and she will guide you through that. This Tuesday, Bible study continues, and I want to thank Sammy for doing such an awesome job. Now let me tell you, I don't know what Sammy preached in the last service, but whatever he preached in that last Tuesday, people were coming in here lifting stuff up, helping. It was like, Sammy need to preach every Tuesday. Whatever you said, Brother Sam, they were working. Amen. So give it up for Brother Sam. Now this coming Tuesday, we're going to have another speaker that's going to be teaching for the next four weeks. And so we've heard from Brother Fred and we've heard from Brother Sam. Now we're going to hear from a female in the house. And it's going to be Sister Dejean. Amen. <laughs> and so I want you to come on Zoom on Tuesdays and, and support her for the next four weeks on what she will be teaching. You got to come to hear what it is. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when you get there, uh, support. Don't, don't, you know, it's Zoom, y'all. You at work or whatever, just plug the headphones in and, you know, we prefer for you to come on and join. Amen. But if you can't, just come get the word of the Lord. And then on next Friday, there'll be no church because the Saturday is the uh, awards ceremony. So the building will be prepared for that and that only. If you got your tickets, amen. If you don't, sold out already and uh, we've actually got some of the people who work with the Kingdom Choice Awards staff here Tara and her husband is here would you wave they were here Friday night too supporting man y'all better welcome my friends better than that uh, so <laughs> Steve shout Kingdom Choice <laughs> so if you know it's sold out and so come and have a good time it's going to be a good time amen and then the following week after that, we've got something called the Originals. Now, you got to come to that. I've been following these brothers through New York, and I've been enjoying them online. We got uh, 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 some of my brothers from my homeland, Guyana. People like, Ed, Ed, listen to the names, y'all. We know this name, Eddie Neblet, who's got great music. Dwayne Fire. See, you know enough fire coming. Then we got the fireman, Kester D. They got people like Eon Graves. And uh, y'all just got to, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun night. That's a night you do not want to stay home. All right? So I want to invite you. That event is free, and that is going to happen the following Friday. So this Friday, nothing's going on. So you got a weekend off, but the next weekend, I want to see you. You don't got a weekend off. Next Sunday's church. Amen? And I don't know, am I missing anything? All right. Well, at this time, we thank you. If you are blessed by our ministry, please continue to sow into our... You want to say amen? Yes. I wanted to say something. Uh, 
The class that Pastor Rich uh, spoke about, I really, really enjoy it. And I know some of the ladies are watching. I love you guys. And I wanted to share something with you because one of our classes, we spoke on giving. And I shared with them this uh, message, well, this information that Pastor Rich had passed on to me. And I promise I won't be long. But there's a famous preacher, uh, Wesley, that Pastor Rich introduced me to. And there's a story that goes about him. One day he was uh, at someone's house or he was heading home or something to that effect. And he saw a young lady that was freezing. And he wanted to give her money so that she can purchase a new coat. So he went into his pocket and he took out a few pieces of uh, whatever they had at that point. At that point. And he didn't have enough to uh, give her money to purchase a coat that she needed. And he said from that point, it stuck with him, that he should always have when the Lord impresses something on his heart. And I found that so amazing because I find that Walmart, wherever you shop, they spend millions of dollars to figure out how to get your money out of your pocket. And when we look at this world, we see it's going so anti-God because even believers, our money is in these organizations more than it is in the church. So there's three things that I spoke to the class about. As believers, we should be given tithes and offering, right? That is 10% of what you uh, is making, right? What you are making. That should be automatic. There's something else, offerings. There's times that you will sit in the church and pastor will say, we need a new building. And then you will feel it. I want to give to this church. But sometimes when you look in your pocket, guess what? There is nothing there because we've already given to Netflix. We've already given to Hulu. And then we're thinking, yo, I didn't even give my 10% yet. Then there are times, the third thing I spoke to the class about is missions. We give to missions, but also you, every time you step out here, you're on the mission field. There was a time I was driving in McDonald's and I said, yo, I want to bless this woman behind me. The Lord impressed that on my heart. So I paid for her, right? And when we drove up, she was like, you're paying for me? You're going to pay for me? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I felt like doing that. So she's like, okay. You know what I thought about? If I had wasted my money and everything else, when I went into my pocket, there would be nothing. So as believers, when this is the time to give, this is the time you intentionally give your tithes, your offering, and then have available to bless those out there. Because when they see your good works, When they see your good works, they will give glory to God. So as believers, be intentional about your giving. We need a new building, but we need you to be good stewards. So when the Lord say give, you can go into your pocket and give. Amen. There's only one thing I want to say to that. And um, I don't know. Sister Sherry, first of all, I'm driving behind you whenever you go for a thousand. But, um, you know, the only one thing I want to say to that is oftentimes God doesn't need 
let me, and I got to be careful how I say this. God, money is going to buy a new building, but God, money is not a problem for God. What's going to buy the new building is faith. So let me explain it this way. Sometimes I run into people like, Pastor, when I get money, I'm going to give to buy the building. And I often say, that's cool. It's good desire. But money is not the issue to God. God can pull that money tomorrow. What God wants to see is his people if they really want the new building and believe that he can. And so why I'm saying that is because don't wait till you win the lottery. Give where you are now just in faith. Saying, God, it, it can't even buy whatever, but I'm believing that you can take what I have because it's good ground and because of the work we do here. And I believe you can bring a building. And when God sees that, I'm telling you, that's when I'm, I know. It's whenever people want to wait and wait and wait. Put the kingdom first, and then these things will be added. And as a church, we never, you know, we're we are Bible-believing. We tithe. We don't tell you what to give. It's personal. We teach you to give, but it's between you and God. Amen. And so at this time, if you want to give to the church, we want to invite you to do so. Those that are watching online, all the ways are on your screen. Those that are in the building, if you want to give digitally, all the ways are on your screen too as well. If you want to give conventional style, uh, the ushers are here. Or maybe, oh, there he is. There goes, like Sammy said, I'm out. <laughs> uh, Brother Sam is here, and uh, the usher, Sister Mandy's there. They'll help you if you need a tithe envelope or whatever you might need to help you assist you in that. Amen. And we just want to thank everyone for giving and sowing. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over what it is you're going to give God. Bless your people. Father, uh, we don't give to manipulate you. We've got your favor all over us. But we give because we love you. And we want to see our church grow. Friday night was a clear indication we've outgrown this building. The award show is a clear indication that we've outgrown this building. The ministries we do here, our kids are packed in the back and in the front, is an indication we've outgrown this building. We thank you for it. And we continue to maintain and make it look amazing for your glory. Because you deserve the best. And your people deserves the best. And so we ask that you who know our hearts would supply. And supply every need that your people need. Those that are struggling to pay their bills. Teach them first how to manage money. And then supply their needs. Open doors and cause your people to be blessed so that your kingdom will never lack. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. Would you wave hi to somebody today? Amen. I would tell you smile, but every time I say that, it's like, Rich, you don't make sense. They all masked up. Amen. But um, do us a favor, too. Make sure you visit our product table. Sister Adasha's over there. Wave high. She will help you, assist you if you want to rock some of the gear. It's, it's getting wintery, so you might need a sweatery or a hoodery. Amen.
It's a Goveried area. Amen. All right. I don't know where I'm going with all that. But it's good to see you in church today. I'm done. I'm going to close you in prayer and we'll get out of here today. Amen. Father, bless us as we go from this place, but never your presence. And take us home safe in the mighty name of Jesus. And bless our online audience and everybody that is in this building. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's something we always say online before we go. Amen. Y'all going to help me say it? Y'all going to help me say it? Y'all going to help me say Church City? Come on, y'all. Can I see you just pounce with me? Y'all ready? Help me say it, y'all. In the midst. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. God bless y'all, Church City. Enjoy your week. <laughs>